Welcome to Center Stage. My name is Mark Gordon. On this show, we're going to talk with filmmakers Justin Dyke and Keith Cooper, the creative team behind the film Anything for Jackson. It's a family drama with a terrifying twist. So stay tuned. Center Stage, Center Stage, Center, Center, Center Stage. Center Stage. Gentlemen, welcome to Center Stage. How are you? Fantastic. How about yourself? I'm old and um, <laughs> fat from COVID. Thank you. Thanks for <laughs> asking. Um, I shave my head, but it's it starts to grow out and it grows out funky. So then I keep cutting it. Right. So I'm forever gonna sport the uh, a, a Kojak starter kit or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah, job on this my film. COVID haircut right now. All of my barbers are shut down. Oh come on! You your hair looks great. Your hair yeah. looks great, Justin. His head of hair. He he should never complain. No, it's he's he's long. got a hair he that I, I I hate, and he's a good looking guy. He's young too. Yeah, and he's talented. That's right. Yeah, and he's rich. <laughs> I'm rich in spirit, so that 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 makes up for something. Tell me, uh, I I saw a little bit of an interview that you did, and this uh, this film. Anything for Jackson started out as a lie. You were at a pitch meeting, and they asked if you had some supernatural thing, which that's got to suck when you go to pitch a film that you have ready to go, and they're looking for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's it's the nature of the beast, you know? I mean, it's, uh, I think that's, you always got to be prepared and have other movies ready to go. Um, you know, and in this case, we absolutely didn't. Uh, but, uh, we're, we're quick on our feet, so we were able to lie our way out of it quite nicely. Um, you know, we usually have a lot in, in most spaces, but this just happened to be one that we didn't have anything in the space at the time. So, um, yeah, you know, it's films are business like anything. If they know what's going to make them money and they want this, then it's our job to be ready with that and try and supply it. Well, you know, a lot about the family the family movie, Family Fair, and you've uh, you've dabbled a lot in Christmas movies, and now you're going to a, it's a family affair of a different sort that has a little darker, sinister <laughs> vibe to it. Um, why the switch to go all of a sudden to horror? Well, it's uh, it's always you know the, it's actually the question should go the other way around. Horror was what we were always trying to pursue, and uh, we ask ourselves every day why the switch to family and Christmas. Um, but uh, yeah, we Keith and I met eight nine years ago. Decided we wanted to make a horror movie together, uh, so we you know went through the normal avenues. We found a producer interested. Um, she went off to find the financing, came back and said, "All right, I've got some money, but I also have a script about a kid who plays soccer with a monkey." Uh, so she passed us what, that. He had to rewrite could, it from the beginning. How could you pass the monkey kid pick? How can you? Yeah. So he yeah. so had to rewrite the script uh, in, in full and we made the movie. And, um, you know, to our luck and downfall, it, it did quite well. Kids liked it. So we got another one. And that just turned into this uh, long running sort of a strange day job that we started churning out these feel good movies of the week. Um, and hey, it was a lot of fun. You still get to work with actors. It definitely made me a better director. Um, but uh, yeah, none of them helped us get that horror movie off the ground. So, you know, we could have been uh, 
making family movies or we could have been working at a car rental place. Either way, we still had to get that uh, that first shot at making a horror movie, which, uh, you know, luckily we finally did. I do have to Those backtrack. Those are our skill it. sets. We can either make movies or, or work in car rental places. That's it. That's all we're yeah. qualified for. I do have to backtrack just a little bit because some Christmases can be like horror films, so I want to put that in. <laughs> no, but th- you've got a good point. I mean, sure. um, the whole objective is to work because if you learn a craft and you never get a chance to express it, then uh, it's kind of like the tree falls in the forest thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I was, you know, I was worried on, you know, by movie number three, it was like, oh, I'm going to get pigeonholed. People are going to, uh, you know, look at me and they're going to say, oh, this is the the kids, you know, low budget Christmas movie guy. Or and then eventually the the movie of the week sort of the Hallmark style um, person. But really, anytime you're on set, whether you're working in craft or directing a movie that's not necessarily your passion project, you're, you're learning, you're getting better, you're learning how to tell stories. So, um, you know, the 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 public relations aspect of it the appearance of you know a person who makes 35 kids in christmas films um yeah it's going to be a stretch whether you whether or not you want to watch a horror movie but it's certainly if, if it weren't for those films anything for jackson i don't think would have uh, been nearly as um as successful as as it has so um yeah every, anytime you can work on set i think it, it makes you a better filmmaker so but it's, Why? it's the connections too, right? Like we wouldn't have had Lynette, we wouldn't have had uh, Caitlin, we wouldn't have met Rebecca, um, you know, who who did our casting for us. So yeah, there was there were so many factors that, you know, everything has to. It's a domino effect for sure. Why is horror so popular? And I, it's it's interesting because during COVID, I got pitched tons of horror films, and I would. Uh, you know, in some ways, I guess it was a great escape, but uh, it's interesting and during this time that it's been kind of a horror time anyway, that there's been just this wealth of uh, horror films. Why is it so popular, the genre? I think it's the escape. You know, it's, it's, it's the one, you know, it's the same reason that sci-fi grabs people. It's like, it's just so, it's, it does live in our imagination, right? Like we even, and even the, the horror that's grounded, you know, uh, it's it's kind of like you know. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I love all great movies. You know, but uh, but for whatever reason, yeah, I'm always drawn to horror just because being scared is such a, a visceral effect, and it's just really, um, it's in my opinion, it's so hard to do to scare someone, and for me to be scared in a movie. So I get excited uh, when I when I genuinely start feeling scared in a movie. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's the adventure. I don't think it's any different than a roller coaster. Um, mm. When you feel you want to feel that rush and feel that adrenaline, uh, while knowing in the back of your mind that you're completely safe. Um, so especially in a time when you know we can't leave the house, can't go on roller coasters, people are looking for some sort of feeling, some sort of emotion. And uh, if being scared is that, just you know, wakes you up a little bit, then uh, I think that's a, a fun thing to pursue. What's interesting is you say we can't leave the house and that's your, the character in your film. She gets abducted by, uh, <laughs> by <laughs> these elderly people and, the, you know, they, oh, don't, we're not going to hurt you. We're not going to hurt you, uh, but you just can't leave. And I love the scene when, when they test it. So the husband goes outside and the girl's screaming and no one can hear her. 
so it was very successful. Um, they're very good. I mean, you, your cast is really, really good, and the look of the film is good. Uh, it looks like you really spent a lot of time on the aesthetics of the film. Does it help um, working together, two of you making films together, does it help when you craft another film? I mean, do you have a certain language that you share in common? For sure, yeah. Yeah, we, um, you know, even on, you know, the monkey movie or, or any of the following movies, we, uh, we always work closely together and on anything for Jackson, you know, uh, we came up with the ideas together on a car ride. Keith went and wrote the first, you know, 10, 15 pages, and then he he sent them to me, and I was able to look them over and tell him, oh, I love this, I love this. Imagine, you know, I, I can come up with ideas and say, imagine she went this way or he went that way. Um, or if there's something that I, you know, oh, remember that scene? Uh, if this character has a cell phone, then that scene's not going to work in the future. So how can we adjust this? And uh, so it's yeah, extremely helpful, and it really it, I get this connection to the story long before I read the first draft of the script. Mm. So being able to work that closely with Keith, because I'm you know I'm not a writer, uh, and Keith is a wildly prolific one. So to be able to have that connection with the script from step one um, is is wildly helpful to me. Uh, and then yeah, hopefully you know Keith I think gets to see his vision. Uh, hit the screen more closely because typically a writer will you know if you sell a script to a to a company they're going to give that to some director you might not necessarily have met and they're going to put their own spin on it maybe bring in other writers uh but i i feel like anything for jackson is pretty close to keith's original vision because not only was he you know with me through the writing process but he's there on set every day he 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 got to know the actors as well as i did um, and if one of, if uh, Julian came and said, hey, I was thinking about a different line here, uh, he would pitch it to me, but he'd also pitch it to Keith. Um, and he said, you know, and so he gets right down to the root of the intention of the line and what it was meant to do. Um, and, uh, and the three of us can work that out together. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a unique relationship being so close to the writer during the writing side and Keith being so close to me while, while directing. So, um, but it's, it's hugely beneficial. Do you set goals for yourself? in terms of uh, your career and projects you want to make? I think plans don't work. That's just been my experience. I've tried and I just can't seem to get my plan. Every time I sit, you know, I, I sit down and I say, okay, by the end of this year, this is where I'm going to be. It's never worked at once, but I'm further ahead. So I think it's good to have a roadmap, but, uh, but I certainly don't say this is definitely going to happen by this time. Um, you know, uh, there's a giant pandemic that kind of changed things up for, for the last year, you know, two years ago's plan. So um, you just, just keep swimming and hope that people want to make your movies. Yeah, I'd say I, I like to set goals and ambitions, but uh, I don't know if even when I'm, even when I'm coming up with them, I don't know that I necessarily believe them because uh, there's just so <laughs> much luck goes into everything in this business. Um, so you know, I, I feel extremely lucky with how well anything for Jackson's been received. And um, Keith and I have, you know, opportunities we certainly never saw at this, you know, this time last year, um, meeting with different producers and different studios. It's all very, very exciting. Um, but, you know, even just getting anything for Jackson made, I don't know how many meetings we took trying to get a horror movie made. So when you do that for sort of, you know, eight years, it's, you know, it's it's hard to say like, oh, this is the one. This is the one I'm going to get uh, because I've seen it, 
you know, so many things just get in the way, whether or not we had anything to do with it. So uh, I guess it's, what's the old adage, you know, it's not about, it's not about being lucky. It's about being ready um, for, for when luck eventually finds you. So um, yeah, I think just have goals, but not necessarily plans, if that makes any sense. Well, you screened the film and it did the festival circuit back in 2000, I mean, 2020, right? And then is it because of COVID that you decided just to hold on to it for the year as opposed to releasing it? No, this, this movie flew through the, uh, through the distribution process. So we, we finished post-production on day two of the Fantasia Film Festival of Montreal. Uh, they had accepted us on a rough cut. Um, and so we were premiering on the second last day of Fantasia. Um, so that was the first time it played. That was in September of 2020. Uh, we then played a, another film festival called Nightstream, which was a collaboration online festival of five different festivals in the U.S. Uh, and then two weeks later, we heard that Shutter bought us as an original. Um, so they bought the film. They were going to release it uh, Q2 of this year, so it would be out, you know, right about now. Right around uh, now. Yeah. But then, with I guess the the winter aspect of it, and they they liked it enough, they said, no, we're going to push it, and we're going to premiere it December third. Uh, so we premiered as a Shutter original on December 3rd. Um, and now we're just getting the uh, the Blu-ray release now on June 15th. I got so it. really, it, it flew through the distribution process. Another film uh, that I'm a big fan of, The Mortuary Collection, uh, right. they premiered on Shutter around a similar time. But uh, they they had their first screen at a film festival in 2019. So they had already been around for like 18 months. Uh, before Shutter started to air them. So we just found this really lucky niche in time where they saw the film and wanted to send it right on, on air. So. Get ready for Christmas, yeah. Hmm. Shutter's a good format for you too. I mean, it's a... Oh, 100%. Because it's, it's basically genre-based, right? You can go and see your favorite horror films. And I agree that Mortuary Collection was, uh, was quite good. Are you proud of uh, what you've done with this film? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very proud of it. It's yeah. uh, you know I when I when I go back and watch it, I can certainly see all the mistakes I made. Um, but it's uh, I think I'm used to that at this point. Of you know even just in the kids movies or the Christmas movies, I'm I'm used to seeing the mistakes I make. Um, but on anything for Jackson, just everybody contributed so much to this film um that uh, that i am proud it's you know i'm proud to be a part of it I, as i said I'll, i see my mistakes but i can see uh you know how much genius everyone else brought um and it's really nice they're being recognized for it like you know julian got an award at one of the festivals and mm -hmm. uh, we're getting great reviews a lot of the actors are uh you know are being looked at for other projects so it um yeah it feels as, like a success but even if uh you know the critics didn't like it as much as you know we gratefully that they do um, I think I would still be proud of it because it is the movie I set out to uh, to direct, and and uh, we finally got it done. So, I believe you scored really high on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, only one person didn't like us. That's that, all right. So oh, ninety-eight okay, percent that, will it. take it. That's it. Cancel everything. Yeah. So there's always Long a critic. Time. There is always a critic. Yeah. So hey, I guess. Speaking of which, I how do you, you know, how do you how do you deal with that inner critic? that one that uh, gets in way of the creativity. How do you deal with that? I, I would say this is a way, this is another spot that Justin and I work really well together. Um, luckily, 
uh, we never seem to be down at the same time. So we kind of <laughs> go back and forth of, you know, picking the other person back up and being, you know, just when you think you've got nothing left and the other person will say, you know, it's okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and it's going to be great, uh, you know, vice versa. So it's, uh, uh, we're able to cheer, be cheerleaders for each other in those kind of times. Because um, it is, it's it's a roller coaster, you know, sometimes you're you're feeling great and other times you're like, I, I have no business in this, you know, industry at all. If I watch Midsommar, I'm like, I, I don't know why I'm making movies. This movie's so good. I have no business. How do you know uh, when it's, when it's going to connect. I mean, do you, who's the gauge on that? Do you just make it the best that you can do and put it out there and hope that the audience will like it? Or, you know, cause so many films are made that yeah. just are, they can be dreadful, but how do you, yeah, I, do, I, do you I please yourself it, first? I think that's the only way to do it. If, if you make yeah. a movie to, to please a specific audience, I, I don't think your heart's ever going to be in it. Um, and I made 30 Christmas movies. Uh, <laughs> hey, you worked. But uh, no, I think if you're going, if you're going to have to tell a story like this, then, then yeah, you have to do it for yourself or there's going to be a lack of authenticity in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're trying to please somebody else, then you'll just, uh, I think you'll miss the mark because you can never be in that person's head. So uh, yeah, for me, it's, I make it a, you know, so that I like it as, as much as possible and uh, try to see, you know, the forest for the trees, because by the time you're on to the last edit of that thing, you know, every frame so intimately that it's, it's really hard to step back and get judgment on it. Uh, but that's, uh, that's the big struggle is you, you got to try as hard as you can to, to watch it objectively. I've always just said, you know, Hey, do, do what you do and let them come to you. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, we set out to make a movie that we, that we, I, I wanted to see, you know, I was like, I would want to watch this movie. This, this sounds like something I would want to watch. So um, ultimately, yeah, that's kind of the approach that we we've been taking with our, our horror movies and um, our other movies as well. You know, obviously not the Christmas ones They're They're very specific in what they want, but you know, even there, you still try to do as much as you can, um, you know, to, to change it up or put your stamp on it. So. Um, but with anything for Jackson, we were just like, we, we got really lucky with Vortex. They were great. They, they knew we, we knew exactly what we wanted to do and we knew how to do it. Uh, and they were just like, yeah, great. Show us when it's done. This is going to be awesome. So it was, it was, it was fantastic. Has the process changed? The creative process changed for you, uh, Justin and Keith? A change, change from where? Like from, from our first movies, you mean? Yeah. Just has it evolved over time and, and do you take a little bit of learning from the first into the next into the next yeah i think it's for me it's always changing um i'm i'm constantly wondering if i know what to do um so i'll uh i'll still be you know surfing youtube and i'll see you know some 18 year old like how to be a director i'm like i gotta watch this maybe maybe i should learn how to be a director from you know Mm -hmm. this film student or whatever uh so yeah I'm, i'm constantly yeah wondering second guessing techniques or i'll be like Oh, you know what I should do? I should I should write this whole script out on cue cards so I can look at it in front of me, or I should, you know, come up with all these different strategies and techniques. And yeah, it's constantly evolving. And uh, most of my new ideas don't work, and then the ten percent that do, you you hold on to those and and bring them forward with you. So you have some framed. Um, it looks like uniforms behind you. What are those? What are those it, behind you? There's a. Oh, sorry, me, uh, those, those are my uh, my grandfather's uh, World War II pilot jackets. Cool. <laughs> wow. Did did you did you and know him? In case you're wondering, this is a blind. 
That's it's very point. nice. Oh, and and very you see, nice I've point. got this is a, I don't got know a china hutch there. Yeah, it's a china hutch. It's very hutchy. <laughs> you know, I, I I got on too late to do the artificial background of me in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> Justin always is the most impressive. Well, you know what the thing is, his art direction is perfect. It's very uh, right, yeah. he, he's the colors all work together. It's very subdued. The dark wall in the background. Right. It's perfectly Set lit. He's showing. He's a director. He's oh, showing light, off. Lighting's not good in this room. It's not. Yeah, that's my biggest stress in this new Zoom culture is the lighting. Yeah, it's terrible. I've had one light in this eye for the entire thing here. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you like an audience to go away with after they see the film? That's tough. I don't know. I don't know if I ever have any like preconceived notions or like I, I want them to feel this or take away that. Obviously, you know, I, I I'd hope that you know you you'd put yourself in both all the characters' place and think like, wow, would I do that? Um, you know, if I was grieving the way that they are, or if I was trapped the way Shannon was, um, or if I was psychotic the way Ian is. You know, so uh, you know that's that's for me. But honestly, as long as you think about it and you enjoy it, that's that's all I care about. Yeah, I've got a real hippie answer for this question. So I I hope that by watching Audrey and Henry do arguably the most horrific thing anyone can do to another human, if you can watch that and think, you know, wow, that's, I would never do that, but I kind of get it, then maybe you can think about someone you don't agree with in your own life and think, well, you know what, they have a different set of circumstances than I do. So maybe I can understand where they're coming from. And so this movie's obviously going to heal the world. That's, that's my <laughs> <laughs> for, for, Forever the positive one. Oh, Justin, forever the positive one. Look, Mr. Perfect hair with perfect room, perfect teeth. Ever the positive one. I like this interview. This is a good one for you. Did you, did, were there any like challenges that you thought, oh my God, how are we going to get this thing done? Did you ever face anything like that? And, and how did you overcome that? I'll say the last day was the craziest. I think we had 95 setups. Um, we only had 15 days to shoot the whole movie. Um, so this is, this is where Justin shines. Um, you know, we have, we have really great skills that offset each other, but Justin is insanely organized. Um, and you have to be, um, you know, to set, to do 95 different setups in one day, uh, and still get what you want. You know, I mean, you can maybe make your day, but, but also to have good shots and stuff that is usable, um, is, is something that Justin is, is, uh, an absolute master of. So, um, you know, that day terrified me, but Justin seemed to have it all under control until we were both, you know, pouring blood onto the floor being like, everybody hurry. We have two minutes. <laughs> Justin, you've worked a lot in television. A lot of the uh, Christmas films were television, and I'm sure that has a tighter schedule. So perhaps that that experience doing that help you get through this situation. Do you see that? Yeah, I think so. The um, you know that with the Christmas movies, if you if you take it one scene at a time, it's really not that much different. I've, uh, you know, I've shot wedding scenes with a hundred plus extras in giant churches. Uh, we'll be juggling, you know, 12, 15 page days sometimes. Uh, I sent I sent some stunt people down rapids. Um, so really, you know, as as cheesy as the Christmas films need to be to, to 
reach their audience. Um, you know, scene by scene, they're really filmmaking is filmmaking. So it's, uh, yeah, I certainly have a comfort level on set that I wouldn't have had, you know, my original dreams come true and just, you know, gone and straight out made a made a horror film. Uh, I wouldn't have known what I was doing. So there is a certain comfort level. I know how to work with the crew. I know how to work with actors. Uh, so once that part becomes second nature, now I get to focus on how do you make this scary? Where does the blood go? How do I work with a practical effects department? Um, so, you know, I was able to get comfortable in those other areas so that I could really put my focus and energy into uh, what was new about, about working in horror. What is one question that you'd like to be asked that no one's asked you so far about either the film or your career? Hmm. I don't know. I was going to say, I was telling Justin this morning, I was upset that no one's asked me what my favorite dinosaur is, but <laughs> that seems like it's a bit of a throwaway on this one now. Oh, um, what about the T-Rex? Wasn't really as fast. Have you seen that? They, they studied the way it yet, built, no. the built of a T-Rex and it really wasn't a fast creature. What a buzzkill that was. So everything is just, my life's out. getting ruined. They're all lies. Science is lying to me. No, because like you it. do a lot of these. You you do a lot of these, and I I watched some of your uh, interviews, the tele, you know, the one on on YouTube, and and some some are it must be challenging sometimes to sit there and meet somebody you don't know who's trying to be glib or whatever, and um, <laughs> that misses the total boat about the essence of what it is that you do. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's there's sometimes that uh, the questions are you know repetitive, but I'm I'm certainly grateful for anyone who shows enough interest and you know yeah, if they want to if they host a podcast with uh you know two listeners that's that's two people who wouldn't have heard about our movie otherwise so um, this is this is the new the new world and this is how you get you know word of mouth out so um, I'm glad for anyone who's willing to talk about it um, but yeah questions we haven't been asked I I don't know. Um, there have been a lot of good questions, to be honest. Like, I was surprised. Like, we had some, you know, yourself, yeah. like other people, like, you know, just sometimes it's surface stuff. But, you know, some yeah. people have dove deep, you know, about like the psyche of it, like, you know, where we got the ghost inspiration. That was a good one. Um, you know, um, well, it, some of it, the backstory, you know, it. Go ahead, please. No, but it's interesting how um, there's a through line in the film. Be careful what you ask for. Because mm. this couple is so desperate to have their child back that they venture into waters that maybe they shouldn't go. And uh, things kind of begin to spiral out of control. Um, but it's that, it's that longing of, for something that they want. And I think that that resonates with a lot of people because sometimes we think we want certain things and when we really get that, um, it's maybe not what we really want. Yeah, I heard somebody say once, you know, I don't want everything that I want. And, you know, I thought that was a, a that sort of speaks to what you're saying, right? Like in your head, it's the idea of wanting all these things. But, you know, the reality is, is a lot more uh, yeah, difficult. And, you know, even even as you're saying, you know, you, you, you really want this, but if you can see the outcome, you're like, I don't know, it's going to be a bunch of demons running around and ghosts and shit. Maybe it's not such a great <laughs> idea. You know, yeah, the, I think that goes back. 
<laughs> all those, you know, script writing books I read when I was in school. And it's the, uh, you know, the conscious versus the subconscious desire, want versus need. And that's the, uh, you know, that's the stuff characters are built out of. So um, it's, it's fun to fun to play with that stuff. Well, the thing that I liked about it as well is uh, it's not it's not torture porn. It's not excessively violent. I mean, there is some mm. violence in it, but it's more psychological, uh, which some horror films, they it's just the shock value that's to scare you. But this is really right. putting the audience in a situation, well, God, I'm trapped. How do I, if I were that character, how would I get out? What would I do? Or can my grandparents be trusted? <laughs> well, now, when, when you were... Um, yeah, that'd be yeah. good. That'd be nice if people who watch the movie look at their grandparents a little different now. I, that would be good. I would like it, that. It could be a PSA. Do you know what your grandparents are doing? Yeah, that's right. Um, when, when, you were, when you were making the film... With their grandparents. What's that? I'm wondering... What was that, I want to be the person who watched the movie with their grandparents. Um. Oh, yeah, that that would be a, that would be an interesting situation. Kind of like the time I was watching a, a a film with my aunt, and there was like a it's like this very erotic scene. I'm going, oh, this is not too uncomfortable, yeah. is it? When you were making the film, were you doing? Uh, you know, Keith, you 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 see it on its feet, and then were there changes and rewrites during the process of shooting it? Very few. Um, you know, again, because Justin and I were both producers on the movie as well. So we were kind of, you know, we were, we were really in charge of kind of start to finish. Um, so, uh, as Justin says with our relationship, you know, I'm there every day and sometimes Justin will just want an idea, a new line on the fly. And so I'll just come up with something new, uh, new dialogue for them to try here and we can have some alternate takes. Um, but as far as complete rewrites, I don't think there were many, there was maybe one night where we had to rethink. Uh, a scene because of weather or something like that. But other than that, we we really did uh, we really did have it locked yeah, down pretty but, tight. But that being said, we we had like six weeks of pre-production on this because yeah. we got green light, and then we had to cast, find our crew, find our locations, and you know prep the script for those locations within six weeks. So really, right up until the day we rolled cameras, Keith was rewriting. I think we mm-hmm. uh, we you know we added a subplot in that time, and um, yeah. Was- there were a few yes. extras get, getting in there during that time. So even though we weren't rewriting like during that, you know, 15 day shoot, uh, we were tweaking right up until the day. Um, so it's, it was, it was pretty close. So do you like being in the space, the horror space now, and will you continue to make horror films or you're going to be open? It, it seems just from what I've, what I've, uh, seen and heard of you in other interviews is that, you kind of are open to taking what arises, taking what, the opportunities that come your way. And um, will you continue in horror or what's the plan? For me, for sure. I, I grew up as a horror freak, so I want to stay in horror for a while. Uh, I love horror, sci-fi, all genre. But, you know, uh, I think Justin and I have a saying, we just like good movies. Mm-hmm. So we've got tons of stories that we want to tell in all different genres. Um, you know, I look back to the old days of, uh, like the Spielbergs and stuff like that, where you could make, you know, Jaws, but then turn around and make E.T., you know, and then, you know, uh, start. Or now West Side Story. Things like, you know, so, 
Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, now I, you know, I'm I know we're not Steven Spielberg, uh, but uh, you know, if we can if we can kind of you know emulate something like that where we can work in different genres, that would be ideal. But if I have to make horror movies for the rest of my life, I'd be a very happy camper. Yeah, Did I you love looking at Rob Reiner's? Oh, sorry, I love looking at Rob Reiner's stretch throughout like the, right. the 80s and 90s because he just knocked out like you know top movies within their genre back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, from uh, yeah, you, know, you you got mail. Uh, what with Princess Stand Bride, by Stand by Me, just like different genres. Oh, um, uh, a few good men. Like it was just a mm. crazy stretch of as far apart genres as you could get, uh, and he just yeah. crushes all of them. Um, so that's that's always really inspiring. I I'm you know the opportunities right now are in horror, and I'm I couldn't be happier about that. So I'm really thrilled to stay there. Um, but uh but yeah i i would love to i would love to reach a, a rob reiner career that would be incredible to be able to dabble in in so yeah, many I, different genres and tell so many different stories would be it would be a blast anything for jackson is currently available on vod digital hd dvd and blu-ray it's also streaming on shutter.com until next time this is mark gordon and i'll see you center stage Center stage, center stage, center, center, center stage. Center stage. Hello, this is Homer Simpson. Whenever I want to know what's going on in the entertainment world, I listen to Center Stage with Mark Gordon. <laughs>